just to be able to be in his presence. Just to soak in the glory of God. Let him do what he would do. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. This morning I titled the message Against All Odds. Against All Odds. First Kings, chapter 18, verse 24 says, Then you call upon the name of your gods, and I will call upon the name of the Lord, and the God who answers by fire. He is God. He is God. Now over the past couple of years, Over the past couple of years, we've witnessed anything but normal. Yeah. We've had a pandemic that has hit us. You can see the changes in the world. You have nations invading nations. Last night, Iran sent missiles into Iraq at the U.S. consulate. I mean, things are just going a little crazy. And we've all been under spiritual attack, whether demonic and evil has constantly approached and hit every single one of us. It affects our everyday life. I mean, you see death, destruction, mayhem, Chaos. You see it everywhere. You turn on the news. It's mainstream. And of course the broadcasters, they like it because they can sell more advertising. But instead of just being isolated incidents that we see, it's had a global impact because of the digital age. I mean, you can see something happening in a foreign country live, in real time, right now. I mean, they showed missiles. They've shown rockets going off. They've shown destruction. They've shown this. I mean, when the pandemic first hit, Christians all over the world started to quote scripture and cry out for Jesus, for protection and for healing. But then what happened? What they called normalcy. Things became normal. You you adjusted to it and you considered it, oh, this is just the way it is. And we'll just take it because this is the way it is. This is now the new normal. This is not the new normal. We can't let this kind of thing dictate the way we live our lives. Amen. And for many years, humanity has taken the stand that if it doesn't affect me, then it doesn't really exist. It doesn't bother me. 
I mean, there are people that are not concerned about what's going on in the Ukraine because it's over there. Yeah. Doesn't affect you. There's people that aren't concerned that countries like Iran want to erase Israel from the map because it doesn't concern you. But there are things that concern you because it's coming here. We've killed 16 million babies. We got boys saying they're girls and girls saying they're boys. We got a government pushing a crazy agenda. You got Walt Disney, Disney World, speaking against a bill that says you can't teach any sex education to kindergartners through third grade. Just kindergarten, first grade, second grade, third grade. The Disney World's having a fit about it. Walt Disney got to be turning in his grave. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, yeah. What corruption has entered the society? What idols is it that we worship? I mean, our complex where we live is amazing. <coughs> we used to have a guy that lived in one of the buildings and every morning he would get out and he'd take the cover off his Mustang and he'd polish it and then he'd put the cover back on it. And he did this every single day. <laughs> but he finally moved out. So now we got another guy that has a Dodge Charger, two motorcycles and a Corvette. And he polishes and cleans them. But that wasn't bad enough. We got another one that has a Range Rover and a little Mercedes SUV. And every single day, he's out there polishing them both. What are we worshiping? What are we worshiping? We've witnessed, and we're witnessing a battle in the heavenly realms that could end this world the way we know it. It could absolutely bring it to an end. And your internal security is gonna be very, very important. I mean, we're witnessing death, destruction, and mayhem, but it's nothing new. It's been going on for years, years and years. People have fought. In chapter 18, 1 Kings, the prophet Elijah says, I alone am left a prophet of the Lord, but Baal's prophets are 450 men. But then when you add the prophets of Asher, you add another 400. So now you have 850 to 1. You want to bet on those odds? 850 to 1. But we serve. We serve an almighty God. Amen. We serve a God that is powerful. Amen. We serve a God that can do anything he desires. He created everything. That's right. This is the God we serve. Amen. 
Amen. Scripture says he will never leave us nor forsake us. And Psalm 34, 7 says, The angel of the Lord encamps around all those who fear him, and he delivers them. Did you hear that? The angel of the Lord encamps around all those that fear him, and he delivers them. In 1 Kings, just to give you a little background, 1 Kings 16. In the 38th year of Asa, the king of Judah, Ahab, the son of Ormany, became king of Israel. Now Ahab, he did evil in the sight of the Lord, more than anybody that was before him. And it came to pass as though it had been a trivial thing for him to walk in the sins. And then he took the wife Jezebel. You've all heard about her. You all know those stories. He set up an altar for Baal. And he built the temple of Baal. And Ahab made a wooden image. It says in scripture Ahab did more to provoke the Lord God of Israel to anger than all the kings of Israel who were before him. Now, if you read stories, you know there were kings that really upset the Lord. But here Ahab's done more than all of them put together. And we can sit today and we can look at our society and we can say, oh, that guy's done more evil than anybody I've ever seen. Anybody I've ever known. You know, I watched an interview the, with our vice president. Now, she was trying to rally the troops. And she says, well, the voters got what they asked for. That was her thing. You got what you asked for. Way to rally the troops. <laughs> In 1 Kings 18, verse 21, Elijah came to all the people and he said, How long will you falter between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. If Paul is, then follow him. And the people answered him, Not a word. They said nothing. Church, you've got to ask yourself the same question. Do I believe God? Do I trust God? Will I follow him or am I going to follow the ways of the world? Because you can't do both. Amen. Nope. Amen. You can't. What's it going to take to get you to surrender and seek the Lord? If things haven't gotten bad enough for you yet, do you need more? We had a worldwide disease, like one of the plagues out of the book of Revelation. We've had economic collapse in different countries of the world. We've seen riots in cities. I mean, Portland was once a beautiful city. Now it's a dump. In San Francisco, there's people living all over the streets and they're just 
dropping their bodily fluids and, and things all over. How do we live like that? Is it bad enough yet? Riots. Political turmoil. Hatred. You see hatred spouted everywhere. If you don't agree with somebody, you hate them. You're a racist. Whatever they want to call you, they label you something, anything but them. Because you disagree. We no longer have the right to disagree with anyone. Amen. You need to make up your mind. I'm going to follow Jesus. Amen. Isaiah, in chapter 5, verse 20 says, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. You know what he's saying. The world has changed so much that things that we consider evil, things that are evil in the sight of God, they say is okay. It's good. You need to do it. And when you sit up here and you quote scripture and you talk about Jesus, they say you're evil. The time has come Amen. where you're going to have to decide. Yeah. I mean, you've all been in churches all over the place. And there's people sitting in every single congregation that have been sitting there for years. Years and years. And you see no spiritual growth. You see no change in them. They've just grown gray sitting there. They have never made any kind of commitment. How many Sundays are you going to let roll by before you surrender? How many warnings is it going to take? How many funerals are you going to see? Elijah indicated this can be your moment. We shouldn't put it off choosing Christ any longer. You don't know if you're going to have another day to decide. You really don't. I mean, we got a lunatic in, the, in Russia that could push a button at any moment. So you don't know if you're going to have another day or you're not. God says today is the day of salvation. Amen. Today is the day. Don't delay. Make the choice. But when Elijah asked the Israelites that question, when Elijah said to them, choose, choose, are you going to worship God? the Lord God, or are you going to worship Baal? They were silent. They said nothing. Mm -hmm. And there's congregations all over this country that the people say nothing. Yeah. I mean, there's congregations, they don't even talk about sin. What a shame that is. Mm -hmm. They'll tell you how to make a million dollars, but they won't tell you you're living in sin. So Elijah 
He stands up now. He's got 450 prophets of Baal against him. He's got 400 prophets of Asher sitting there. And he says to them, he says to them, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? He challenges them openly. You know what happens when we share our testimony? We're challenging the evil one. We're challenging the wickedness of this world. Amen. Revelation 12, 11 tells us that they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. This is how we overcome those things. Amen. This is how we overcome the ways of the world. By the word of our testimony. Amen. And then it goes on and it said, they did not love their lives to the death. What's he saying? He said, we didn't love our possessions. We didn't love our idols till we died. We surrendered to Christ. Amen. So Elijah says to the prophets of Baal, he says to them, choose one bull for yourselves. Prepare it first. For you are many. And call upon the name of your God. But put no fire under it. So they took the bull, which was given them, and they prepared it. And they called upon the name of Baal from morning till noon, saying, O Baal, hear us. O Baal, hear us. But there was no voice, no one answered. And then they leaped about the altar which they had made. And so when it was noon, what did Elijah do? He mocked them. He made fun of them. And this is pretty brave. He's sitting there with 450 prophets of Baal against him and 400 prophets of Asher. And he's making fun of them because their God's not lighting that fire. And he said, Cry aloud, for he is God. He's either meditating or maybe he's busy. Maybe he's on a journey. Perhaps he's sleeping. You gotta wake him up. This is what Elijah says to them. So they cried aloud. Then look what scripture says. Then they cut themselves. We've seen that in our society, haven't we? People cutting. He said that was their custom with knives and lances until the blood gushed out of them. And when midday had passed, they prophesied until the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice. But there was no voice. No one answered. No one paid attention. The world doesn't care a bit about you. That's the message there. No matter what you do, no matter what you do, no matter what idols you build for yourselves, they don't care about you. When we worship the world and the ways of the world, we find no peace.
We'll find no joy. We'll find no rest. But Peter tells us, therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. For he cares for you. In Matthew 11, it says, Come to me, all the, you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. This is our God crying out to us Amen. to do this, to come to him, to surrender. That he will give us rest. He will give us peace. He will bring us joy. Hallelujah. So Elijah called out to the 450 prophets of Baal, and it said it might seem that Elijah never wavered. He never wavered one bit in his faith. And what Elijah did was a measure of God overcoming. He had an overcoming faith. And this is the kind of faith we're going to need to survive today, to face the battles that we're going to face. We're going to have to have a faith that overcomes our ways. It's going to be a faith that we can really trust in. God knows what he's doing. We don't know what God's doing. And if we all believe that we have an eternal home in heaven, then we should find peace in that. Amen. I mean, nobody wants to die, but everybody wants to go to heaven. Amen. Just saying. Whatever you're facing today, God would have me tell you there's nothing impossible for him. When you put your faith in him, when you put your trust in him. Hebrews 11.6 puts it this way. But without faith, faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. He has a reward for us. They say he's building mansions for us. Jesus came so we could experience and have all the promises and miracles God wants to give to you today in your life. An abundant life with God. Abundant doesn't mean you've got a bank account that never runs out. I mean, a friend of mine I used to work with, he was always complaining because his wife was bouncing checks. And I said, well, how does that happen? He says, well, she has the belief that if she has a check, there's money. So if she carries a checkbook, she can write a check because she has a check, so there must be money. That is not abundant life. No abundant life is taking care of our needs, comforting us in time, bringing us peace in trouble. God has a life prepared for each and every one of you. I mean, do you know what overcoming faith is? Do you know what mountain-moving faith is? 
Do you know what healing faith is? And do you know what prosperous faith is? It is the ability to use God-given faith if you have that in process, if you believing in God and trusting the Lord that God knows what he's doing, Amen. that God is in charge. Amen. One moment of time, one hour, one day. So Elijah, after the prophets of Baal failed, he gets together and he says to the people, come, come near to me. What's he saying? Come check this out. Watch what I'm going to do. So the people came and he prepared an altar of the Lord that was broken down. And Elijah took 12 stones according to the number of tribes of the sons of Jacob to whom the word of the Lord had come saying, Israel shall be your name. And then with the stones, he built an altar in the name of the Lord. And he made a trench around the altar large enough to hold two sheaths of seed. And then he put in the wood in order. He cut the bull into pieces and he laid it on the wood. And then he says to the people, fill your water pots. Fill your water pots and pour it on the burnt sacrifice and pour it on the wood. And then he said to them, do it again. So they do it a second time. And then he says, do it one more time. So they soaked it again the third time. So the water ran all down the altar. It filled the trench. And when the time of the evening sacrifice came, Elijah the prophet came near and he said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac and Israel, let it be known this day that you are the God of Israel and I am your servant and that I have done all these things at your word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that the people may know that you are the God, Lord, that you have turned their hearts back to you again. And then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and it lifted up the water from the trench. And now all the people fell on their faces and said, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. Can you just cry out, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. The good news for us today is God's still willing to do the same thing for you. He's still willing to do the same thing for you right now. Right now, he'll do it. So are you willing to draw a line in the sand? Are you willing to say, no matter what, I'm going to serve the Lord? I mean, we're facing a nation today. You're facing things in your own personal lives. Contrary to popular opinion, things aren't over. Things are never over until God says they're over. Amen. Amen. Hebrews 12, verse 1 and 2 says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight 
and the sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Despising shame, he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Amen. Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. We've got to trust in him. We must trust in him. Amen. Otherwise, we might as well just surrender to the world and take whatever consequences come. You know, our thinking dictates our belief. What you think dictates what you believe. Our beliefs dictate the way we act and what we do and our actions. They dictate our quality of life. It's up to you whether you're going to trust God and follow God. Let the fire of God come down and just consume you. Let the fire of the Lord just come down and consume all of you. Not just part of you. Not just you on Sunday. But let it surrender yourself and let it consume all of you. Amen. All Amen. the time. Amen. Amen. Our God would tell you, stand steadfast. Keep on trusting him to deliver whatever you're believing for. And that's tough. That is a tough thing to do sometimes. Because there's so much information out there in this digital age that you can really get confused and messed up. You know, there was a cartoon, one of the missionaries put it on, on Facebook, and it was just a, a guy sitting in front of the TV, and the little caption says, how do we stop being scared? In the next picture, he just turned off the television. <laughs> I mean, turn off the information of the world. There are plenty of information from the Lord Amen. all day long. There are news stations that you can listen to Amen. that speak from a gospel point of view. There are movies, there are TV shows. You don't need to be consumed by the world. Hallelujah. You may have to go out and work in it, but don't let it dictate the way you live. Amen. Don't let it dictate the way you live. The impossible is getting ready to be possible. I believe God is going to make such a move on this earth. It's going to be bigger than anything we've ever seen. But how bad is it going to get? How terrified are you going to be? Or are you going to find peace in the name of the Lord? Will you find your peace there? Let's stand.